When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, one and all, to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet where we rule on the success or failure of all things sci-fi, fantasy, TV, and movies. You are judged good. Uh, I am Dan Stelke, editor of WinnersComing.net, here with Daniel Roman of WinnersComing.net. Two Dans all the time, Um, 24-7. And a lot of you are already up in the comments. Thanks for coming to um, watch our show. Fantasy fan, Game of Thrones is the number one favorite show. I think I would agree. Hello, Martha. Good to see you. Andrew, glad to see you. I'm glad you've got that cool Game of Thrones book series for um, Prime Day. Is it Prime Day today? I actually don't know. Nice. I don't even know what Prime Day is. I got a little confused, but... Yeah, well, Prime Day, they have a bunch of sales and stuff to try to convince you to have Prime. I got a notification that said the 10th to the 11th. So I don't know if that means okay. it's the 10th or the 11th, but uh, maybe see if there are sales, I guess. It's either the 10th or the 11th as you choose. That's how Prime Day works. Yeah, and exactly. we both have Prime because we watch Wheel of Time, which we'll be talking about later in the hour. Yes. We did um, a special Indeed. episode, if, if any of you missed it, where we just went over the Wheel of Time season finale and um, the series as a whole. But we're going to have another discussion yeah. today. Now that the Wheel of Time season two is done, try to... and. You're going to love this to situate it in the context of the greater fantasy sci-fi genre television space and predict whether it will become the next world changing television event a la Game of Thrones forecasting with our expert judgment and uh, insight. And hello, Julie. Good to see you. Hello, Jason. Hey, Christian. Hey, everybody. Um, It's good to see a good crowd here today. Um, But yeah, we'll talk about all of that. But first, Daniel, I think we have a couple of quick. Casting updates for House of the Dragon to learn yes. and know about. What's up with that? Yeah, before yeah, before we get into the uh, the Wheel of Time discussion, uh, some news from the House of the Dragon set. This stuff is well, the first one is not official official, um, but they're from relatively reliable scoopers, so we're yeah, treating we're it as probably true. Um, so the actor who plays Lord Mooton 
Mooton. Lord Mooton. Uh, I guess it depends. Lord Mooton uh, has been revealed, and that is Turlo Convery, who you might recognize from Netflix's recent Resident Evil show. He was kind of the bombastic <laughs> umbrella villain uh, who was in the future timeline. He, he was kind of fun in that role. Uh, so... Yeah, he's playing Lord Mooton. Um, so Mooton. some spoilers here for Fire and Blood. Uh, there are two Lord Mootons we're going to meet in uh, House of the Dragon, most likely. One of them has a pretty unfortunate run-in with uh, Aegon II's dragon Sunfire following uh, the battle at Rook's Rest, which we have seen extensive filming for. Yeah, we did. Um, I Yeah, so that's Lord Wallace Mooton that Mooton. That's the one I think uh, Turlo Convery is going to play. We we don't have confirmation about which Mooton he will Mooton, um, but I think it's going to be it's that one. one, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. How many times can we say Mooton on this podcast? Uh, Dan, Mooton. would you like would you like to weigh in on, on the Mootons before uh, we do the, the second casting announcement? Mooton, 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 Mooton. <laughs> Um, no, it's cool. Just it, uh, it's it, it's good to see them filling out the minor cast, like um, you know, Game of Thrones before yeah. and House of the Dragon. Now, part of the reason they just feel so alive and kind of full of interest and in like like a like a show they can get lost in is because they have so many characters. Yeah. It's almost the point of them is to have more characters than names you can learn because it makes you feel yes. like there's a world beyond what you're seeing that like is going on when the page isn't on it or the camera is turned elsewhere. So I like to see the minor characters yeah. filled out. And I like saying the word Mooton. Yes. Yeah, Mooton's, you know, Mooton and uh, what was the other one from a, a few weeks ago? Gunthor Darklin. Um, Good yeah, God. I mean, George R. R. Martin, he was pretty explicit about that whole, that thing you just said about there being so many many names you can't really remember them all uh that was the thing he was always told not to do when he wrote for tv so when he wrote True. the westeros books he he was pretty explicit like i'm gonna have a thousand names and there are gonna be you know 10 roberts and whoever else because that's the way history works so take that tv industry and I'm now these are shows so here we are um and who else is that's in House right of Dragon, daniel uh so yeah that the other one, which is more exciting, even I think, even I though think it's so. probably going to be a lesser role. So, like Lord Mooton, that's a small part, but it's a really memorable moment. What happens to Lord Wallace Mooton, in my opinion? So, I'm looking forward to see it. The other one is we got confirmation that Vincent Regan, uh, that is the person who played, uh, so One Piece spoiler here, uh, played Luffy's grandpa Garp. Uh, Vice Admiral Garp on One Piece, okay. the live-action Netflix show. Uh, he is going to be a member of King Aegon II's Kingsguard. And uh, this one is pretty official because there is a picture of him filming in Caceres, Spain, um, in the Kingsguard outfits. So expect to see him in King's Landing next season somewhere. Yes, Dan, you have a very uh, politely cued question. What's up? I figured I'd try something other than interrupting you. Um, I put this in your article. There's also a video of him speaking, wearing a green and gold Targaryen cap. So it's beyond confirmed. He's in the show. Ooh. That's cool. That's exciting. 
Um, and yeah, the, so this guy's he's a veteran actor. He was great in One Piece. Very what? excited to see what he brings to uh, to House of the Dragon. It does, uh, you know, I can't help but wonder how much we're going to get of him. Uh, just thinking of stuff like Graham McTavish in, in the first season, like he was good, but they they by no means used the extent of Graham McTavish's acting chops because, you know, we've seen him in Outlander. You know, he's an amazing actor, um, but still cool to see him join the cast for season two. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's our House of the Dragon updates. You you want to weigh in on? Uh, you have any more thoughts, Dan? Before we get into the meat of what we're going to discuss today. Well, thank you, Daniel, so much for asking. And uh, not particularly. Again, I'm glad the minor cast yes. is being filled out. I like the dedication to the bigness, the grandness, the deepness of the bench. I think it's an important part of what makes these shows work. Yeah. And I'm glad. Also, I like totally. One Piece now, so I'm glad to see um, another One Piece guy getting some love. Over in Westeros. I hope that show yes. comes back too. What a fun show. I was talking Same. to you earlier that um, when we do our final rankings of shows for the end of the year, I'm sure The Wheel of Time will be up high. I'm sure The Last of Us will be up high. And I'm sure One Piece will be up high. The rest of them, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, those three have really proven themselves. Speaking of The Wheel of Time. So this show, yes. the second season of Amazon's adaptation of Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson's epic fantasy adventure published between 1990 and 2013 i want to say 14 um coming to tv finally the first season ran people liked it the second season ran i feel like people really liked it it's on an upward swing and just because we've talked so much on on this show take the black wednesdays at two um about the aftermath of the game of thrones phenomenon how HBO had this show. Mm -hmm. It was called Game of Thrones. It was a big hit. Everybody loved it. Everybody hanging on the edge of their seats. Um, and how so many studios kind of rushed to make a worthy follow-up to it, whether it was Netflix making The Witcher or Netflix making shows that you've forgotten about, things like Cursed, or um, I'm sure there are other shows. Uh, Shadow, yeah, and I, I, Shadow and Bone. Shadow and Bone. Uh, whether it was Amazon yeah. making the Rings of Power and um, the Wheel of Time, whether it was HBO itself making House of the Dragon, everyone wanted their own big fantasy show. And I feel like now that we're a ways out from that, like the real contenders are starting to really become clear. I think there have been some yeah. shows that didn't make it. No one knows what Cursed was. That's over. Um, I feel like The Witcher may have been it's still going on, but the tide seems to be turning against it, at least if you listen to people chattering on X, nay, Twitter. Um, the Rings of Power had a bit of a um, divisive, we'll say, first season. To me, House of the Dragon kind of was the clear winner of the post Game of Thrones wars. I think it's the best post Game of Thrones fantasy show we've gotten so far that's not Game of Thrones. I mean, it makes sense. It is literally a Game of Thrones spinoff. It gave me that same kind of dark mood. It gave me that same expansive cast. It gave me that same cinematic ambition with more dragons. I really, really liked it a lot. I want to see what they do more. And The Wheel of Time came out and people liked it. But now with the second season, I'm seeing a level of excitement that yeah. I didn't think we would get to after the first season was kind of landed with a that's nice. Um, and <laughs> it heartens me 
because it gives you the impression there could be a real fight for the title now brewing. Since The Witcher, people kind of decided that they don't like it anymore because Simon Cowell's in it. Um, some shows have died. The Rings of Power's in limbo. But now with The Wheel of Time kind of starting to like really come into its potential, I can see this show going a long time. I can see it being good for a long time. And I can see it giving House of the Dragon a run for its money as the title holder of best fantasy TV show on the air. What do you think? I think the obvious answer is yes. Uh, yes, the Wheel of Time is is competition for House of the Dragon. Uh, yes, it is. I I am going to go on a limb here. <laughs> I agree with you. I think House of the Dragon for the season ones of all of these shows, obviously that was the best one. It was HBO. Yes. You know, it, it just had a level of production that some of the others didn't. I give the Wheel of Time season one a very large amount of grace, more than I would normally mm-hmm. give a show. I do too. Just because of how bad the production stuff in the pandemic hit them. Like that is probably like the single worst that I can think of that a fantasy series, a big high profile fantasy series was hit. They had to recast a major core character, uh, Matt mm-hmm. Cawthon, Matt, just before the the final two episodes so like the climax and it totally changed their climax of the first season as well as we've recently found out they had to rewrite like all of season two because of this Mm -hmm. um so a lot of huge changes they weren't able to stick as closely to the book uh for the beginning half of season two because of this um all that said i do think in terms of like House of the Dragon versus the Wheel of Time, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. Because House That's of the Dragon true. is like, these are different types of stories, right? So if you're talking about a, a grand epic fantasy story, uh, the Wheel of Time is a million times better than House of the Dragon, in my opinion. Like that is the type of story it is. House of the Dragon is a dark Shakespearean tragedy set in a fantasy world. Like there is something about the scale of House of the Dragon that I actually felt was missing compared to Game of Thrones because it is so much of a court drama. It is the crown set in Westeros, whereas the Wheel of Time, like it is expansive, like you don't get location photography in House of the Dragon like we got in Wheel of Time season two. It's not even close. Like with the stuff they filmed for Falm, like there's nothing in House of the Dragon that can touch that. They did a lot of stuff in the volume. The Wheel of Time went to Morocco and built sets in the desert. Um, so I I do think it depends on what you're looking for. I think in terms of the the quality of the prestige writing, like for a prestige drama, House of the Dragon is it, it's going to be hard for Wheel of Time to to crack that because of the source, you know, story that uh, House of the Dragon is working for is just a more mature story than the wheel sure. of time like in terms of the themes and the ideas uh but yeah i i think the wheel of time there is a level of excitement that was not there during season one um yeah i think it really started to turn around episode five i, I started noticing people getting really excited mm-hmm. around episode five and then episode six through the finale it just yeah, kept increasing and i think this finale like I can't think of the last big fantasy finale that was on the level of 
like the the scope and the battle at Falm that happened in the Wheel of Time season two, um, you know, it was definitely something from Game of Thrones. There's been nothing else since sure. then that is on that level, I think. Um, You're probably so, right. Yeah, I guess I, I the Witcher tried to do like its Finid coup, but I don't know if that really rose to the epic level of this big sprawling thing with battles and soldiers and armies and multiple plots going on at once. Um, I agree with you that they're very different. I don't know why I was getting like defensive in my head when you're talking about House of the Dragon. Like you can stop slagging it off right now. It's small <laughs> for the room. I mean, because we don't want like what's the nature of the thing. Game of Thrones is is over. Like we don't need or want the yeah. same show again. I like the House of the Dragon. It's not the exact same thing. That, that is a bit more intimate. And you yeah. know, season two will definitely sprawl out a bit more. And I mean, I don't know, man. They went to they filmed on filmed on the beaches and in Casadas and in you islands. Can't compare it. Gotta get slag it off. Jeez. Okay, fine. Um, well, I'm not bugging on it. That's just the nature of the show. Yes. <laughs> it will expand more in season Sorry. two. We'll, we'll go to a lot more places. Um, I mean, it's yeah. it's my problem for apparently identifying with the show with my identity, which is a problem I need to talk with therapists about, not you. Uh, <laughs> they're very different. It's true. Like, The Wheel of Time, if I can be a little slaggy, is a bit more, you know, it's a bit more of like a teenager story, just um, about teenagers saving the world. With a lot of more adult elements brought in, but it doesn't have that sort of sense that Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon do of like characters of, of many generations all being equally important. At the end of the day, Wheel of Time kind of comes yeah. back to this group of young, precocious upstarts is going to save the universe from ultimate evil. Um, which, yeah, it, it's 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 a bit, I don't miss as a criticism, it's a bit more aimed at maybe younger people, whereas House of the Dragon is more adult. It's good that they get just alongside each other. Oh, I'm just glad that there are two fantasy shows that are both firing on all cylinders and that could go head to head and like have good debates about these things. As Julie says, she's to yeah. see House of Dragon 2 before she makes up her mind, which I do too. I don't know why. I mean, I was afraid for the Wheel of Time season two after season one that it would kind of be, I don't know, good but not great. Um, yeah. And now. Which is fair. I, I'm also a little afraid for how the dragons, but but I'm always afraid. So I'm just going to see it and hopefully it'll uh, knock it out of the park and raise its game. If it raised its game the way Will the Time raises its game, it'll be pretty spectacular. Yes, Daniel, you have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to agree with you about the age, the age dynamic. Like that is so true because that is again, like kind of the nature of these stories, right? Like house of the dragon is like, oh, it's good. It's going to be an unhappy ending. It's, you know, it's a George R. R. Martin court sure. drama. These, you know, incestuous ruling family. They're so messed up the wheel of time. Like you said, it's a bunch of people, you know, teenagers from a rural village swept up to fight an eternal darkness that is trying to break the cycle of reincarnation. That's like a big grand fantasy thing. And I think so Rafe Judkins, the showrunner of Wheel of Time, has said something that I really agree with. And I think the show is doing well, which is that as the Wheel of Time books go on, they mature. So like the characters kind of grow up over the course of the story. And by the Mm -hmm. time you get get to the end, it it is a more mature story, but it's still like fighting the dark one versus like a political, uh, you know, versus hell is very other intense people political struggle. yeah um so 
I think that we'll see that throughout the show. Uh, Rafe Judkins has said that that is what they're shooting to do. Season three is going to be more rich and sophisticated and deep than the first season. Um, Fantasy fan asked, which world building was better, House of the Dragon or The Wheel of Time? I think they're pretty equivalent, honestly. Um, I think House of the Dragon maybe was a little more flawless in its world building. Like there were times with the wheel of time where I thought that they under explained some important things like the horn of Valir. Um, and it's hard to sure. know how much that's like production stuff or writing or what I think the wheel of time, has a lot more heavy lifting to do with yeah, world building. Absolutely. Though. Um, like, yeah, like half the dragon had an advantage coming it, in. Like you already knew some stuff Well, the time has to build a, it from the ground up yeah. and there is a lot to build from the ground up whole new world whole new whole new magic yes. system honestly like with magic systems it's almost like having a complicated one with well-defined rules is almost a crutch because there are so many opportunities to mess up and to trip up and to yes. violate what you did before um i think martin was very smart to keep magic like no one really knows how it works not even the folk who use it that way anything is yeah. fine yeah it's two different schools of thought um, I agree with Jason, who says Wheel of Time's world yes. building would benefit a lot if it had ten episodes. It Amazon, really if you were would. listening, yeah, please give the Wheel of Time more episodes. I think it's very obvious that they are doing the best they can with their eight episode run run counts. But I I think it's obvious that they would benefit from more. I think there's no question they would be able to do more with more episodes. Here's a question for you, kind of inspired by um, Alan J asking or saying that Sex in One Time is amazing. Hopefully Rings of Power and House of the Dragons 2 would be great. Uh, we talked this a little bit. Amazon has obviously gone all in on Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, which I think right now is like the least of these three shows. I'd say that even before with a time season two, um, it was okay. It had a lot of money up there, but I think the first season of Rings I'd of Power is a little the least of the jumbled. Four. What what what's yeah, the fourth I one? I think I think The Witcher season three was better than The Rings of Power. the The third season of The Witcher I think was pretty good, but it had kind it has issues. We can talk about that in a minute, but I I think it was oh, better than Rings too. of Power season one. Fair Sorry, enough. I, the, folks seem to seem folks seem to have just counted The Witcher out. I feel like they just have. Like mm-hmm. with the the lead character changing actors, it's hard to sell as like a consistent i don't know like front to back experience uh but yeah right now i i i'm i'm kind of leaving that one out and some folks talk about shadow and bone i think somebody said that the first season was good second was rushed i think that's the true the 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 centered line on it i feel like that might 100%. not be coming back shadow and bone it might be over we haven't heard anything for a while so that one might go the way of curse be down for the count we talked about okay i'll ask this should amazon cancel the rings of power and put that money into the wheel of time where it (laughs) belongs this is a this is an intentionally volatile question designed to uh 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 draw strong feelings not a suggestion thought okay um so Obviously, Amazon is committed to the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. They're not going to cancel it. I do think they should redistribute their budget a little bit better. I I think Rings of Power 
you know, there was a lot of potential. There are a lot of things the Rings of Power did right. Its biggest issue to me is that it really struggled to, like on a beat by beat basis to make the story interesting and like have good writing to to sell the whole thing. But like a lot of the sets were gorgeous. A lot of the oh, design of was great. A lot of the actors really came to, you know, go hard. Um, so, yeah, I agree with what Andrew's saying. Uh, Rings of Power is too big a brand to cancel this early. I agree with that. I do. I do too. That said, it's just, I think it's yeah. fun to ask, though. Yeah, I mean, that said, I think the the obvious. So, as someone who like is a like I study, you know, the fantasy and sci-fi genres for a living, basically, I think it is obvious that the Wheel of Time should be the next basically huge fantasy show. And I think there are a few elements mm -hmm. to that. One, the source material. So like Rings of Power and House of the Dragon are like, you know, they're drawing on side story prequel stuff that their authors also happen to write. Whereas The Wheel yeah. of Time is like one of the iconic fantasy mm -hmm. stories of our time. Of course that the should biggins. be bigger. Um, and like, keep in mind, the Wheel of Time is going to run eight seasons. They could do more if they wanted to. If they, I am sure. Get all the way there, yeah. If they if they get all the way there, but like, at, in a best case scenario, all of these shows get as many seasons as they possibly could want. The Wheel of Time is going to run throughout all of House of the Dragons run, all of mm -hmm. Rings of Powers run. Uh, it'll be still going when The Witcher ends. It'll probably still be running when a night of the seven kingdoms airs mm. like wheel of time has the potential to really grow into a juggernaut. It if does. they it's really exciting. put their weight behind it. it, it, it is exciting. And I think what season two did that is really tremendous to me is that it proved it is worthy of that faith. It proved that with yes, the right resources and the right circumstances, because the Wheel of Time has also had to overcome production issues that none of these other shows have had to deal with on the same level whatsoever. True. Um, and I think it, it has proven that given the time to grow, it can grow into like probably the next zeitgeist fantasy series. I, I, I think. agree. I, I think it has the biggest chance because it's going to last that long. And House of the Dragon, I mean, I kind of like the House of the Dragon kind of has like a four season cap on how long it can go. I think there's room for all of that. I don't think every show needs to go eight seasons, but if you have a story that can yeah. support it, go for it, man. Like, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Some great yeah. comments. Um, is anything going viral? As Andral, who is biased in favor of the wheel of time, obviously, but good that you admit it, uh, says that rings of power is beautiful, but hampered by not having access to all the literature from Tolkien, which is bizarre to only buy the Lord of the Rings and the appendix was weird. It was very strange. That's the one that I don't know how long they want to go for. You know, I'm not sure how long they intend for the rings of power yeah. to go. Whereas the other two, we have pretty clear, like house of dragon is four. Well, the time is around eight, maybe five. Yeah. But if you get the idea, they can expand it. What are they committed to? But do they want yeah. to go further? Will they be able to go further? If that thing tanks and no one's watching it, they're not going to spend a billion dollars every season on it. We're uh, learning this the hard way right now over on the Disney side of things. The one thing I will yeah. say, I agree. They should, of course, give the Rings of Power at least another season. I agree with that. You like ask a question. Um, oh, sure. There is a show called Citadel at Amazon that I think is even <laughs> more expensive than the Rings of Power. 
and that even fewer folk watched. You may have seen it advertised on every other bus if you live in a city and on billboards a couple of months ago when it was on. It stars Richard Madden as like Richard Madden as like as and Priyanka Chopra, Priyanka Chopra, um, who's Sophie Turner's former sister-in-law as uh, like super spies. And it was a bit of I mean, it wasn't like the worst thing I'd ever seen, but it's certainly if you told me this is the most expensive show we'd ever put out, I wouldn't have believed you. It certainly didn't seem to justify that price tag. Um, I'd cancel that. And give the money to the Wheel of Time because I agree it's a show that deserves <laughs> um, a ton, like just a big platform because it's based on these legendary books. If it keeps going at the rate it's going, it could be a decade-defining show. If it keeps going, if it keeps being good, yes. sometimes shows fall off, and that can happen. We don't want it to happen, but it could. Um, and the cast is big enough. Just like take every Citadel cast member and give them jobs on the Wheel of Time. Like there are enough characters to go around. You'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. I think also one thing the wheel of time really has going for it is that it does have the finished story done and it's really good. So like, you know, we talk Mm. about how shows fall off. I, I would be really surprised if that happened with this because they have such a long game view of the series that they, they're not going to be able to adapt everything. Like it's 14 books and it shouldn't. Because because the books do have some rough spots. Like there's an infamous three books in the middle of the series that are like Aww. the lull or the slump that are kind of meh. Um, they still have mm-hmm. some important stuff, but but the show can kind of choose how to navigate that and shorten stuff up to make it better. Um, you know, Game of Thrones, the, the drop off for that was like after they ran out of source material. Um, so uh, I am I mean, really yeah, hopeful true. that this show is going to continue to be good. I am too. They're setting we, stuff up for like for the end already. True. I mean, you you can make a bad show even if you have good source material. It's happened plenty of times. There's sure. seasonal rot. There's thing people getting distracted, getting other things getting going, or disorganization behind the scenes. There's lots of ways it can go wrong, but why why dwell on that when we can have hope for the future? Um, but yeah, good discussion. Yes. I'm glad there is some yeah. um, good, solid competition in the fantasy TV space. Although I do kind of agree with Targaryen Loyalist when she says that Wheel of Time is great, yeah, but totally. I don't think it can reach Game of Thrones levels of popularity. I mean, that that's like my instinct because Game of Thrones had a bit more of a... Um, I think some people are scared away by pew pew the magic and game of thrones like kind of cut through oh, that yeah but then again but, the books are among the most successful of all time so i don't see any reason why it couldn't reach there maybe if it does it'll break some new ground and i'm all for shows breaking new ground yeah so i, I uh I think obviously there's something to that. So that is like reaching outside of the genre basically. And game of Thrones is like kind of specifically designed almost for that Mm -hmm. because it's a fantasy show that can appeal to non-fantasy people. Um, You know, Harry Potter is another one of those examples where it reached outside of its initial fantasy demographic and everyone loved it. Can the wheel of time do that? I, I don't know. That's, that is a big question. But what I will say is I think this season 
really started to capture like the people who like fantasy shows who maybe weren't totally mm-hmm. sold on the wheel of time. Yeah, I agree. I think this season got a lot of them. And I think it was it, like, so watching how people talked about this show, I think it was a very clear shift um, that they started winning over a lot of people and hooking a lot of people who maybe weren't like as familiar with the books at all. Um, so yeah, I, Julie says, I wish shows, this is an interesting point. I wish shows would have released new seasons yearly. Two years is too long. I know there's a lot of work going into them, but plan ahead a bit more. And like, I think we're probably going to see the wheel of time in 2025 season three. They're filming it right now. It's still filming. It's supposed to wrap. I, if, if they could come back with it next year, I feel like that would be a thing that could really push them forward in a huge way. But yeah, probably. I don't see why. I mean, I mean, if they, they're definitely going to finish filming before, um, you know, the end of the year. I don't see why they couldn't take, you know, I don't know, nine months. I'm not sure how long it takes to put like nine months to do post production and get it out by, you know, this time ish next year. But I'm not sure. The ironic thing, Julie, is that so many shows did plan ahead or are starting to plan ahead more. Like the Wheel of Time has been filming season three for a while now. Yeah. Um, yeah. M- m- more and more shows are trying to do that, but then they didn't count on the strikes happening. <laughs> so I feel like a lot of yeah. their plans will be for naught this time. But they they really <laughs> are trying. <laughs> They're Hollywood is trying to find ways to do that. I don't think anything has quite worked yet, but they are trying to get there. Yeah. We'll see if there's success. Are we about? Yeah, no, true. I, I think and I think, been... I think just about um, with the Wheel of Time too. So I think the thing that is their biggest hurdle to releasing next year isn't actually Wheel of Time related. I think it's that Amazon is going to be reluctant to air Rings of Power season two and Wheel of Time season three in the same oh, year. Oh, it's true. And we know Rings of Power season two is coming next year. So it's that to me is more of a hurdle even than will it, do they need more than nine months for post-production or something like that, which frustrates me because I, I this seems like a very clear opportunity to me where the Wheel of Time has momentum. And if they can yeah. capitalize on that with a really excellent season three, because season three is adapting uh, Ooh, one of work. the more beloved books, it, mm-hmm. it would really do a lot for the show. But we'll see. I hope I hope it, it has a good next season. It would be a lot of fun if the Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, and Wheel of Time come out the same year. That'd be really fun, but I doubt it'll happen, but we'll it see. It would. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, moving over to shows that I'm going to guess yes. we are less passionate about. Did you watch Loki, <laughs> the new uh, Marvel show? <laughs> Wait, the first two episodes I watched are out? The first, How do I always miss the this? first? Because I think it... Oh, you know what? Maybe it's the first one. Maybe the second one comes out tonight. I think it's tomorrow night it comes out. Um, I can't keep track. Yeah. Loki. I think I'm season right. Two, yeah. I've seen the. I think you are. The okay. So Loki out. season two, the the premiere is out. Um, I have seen it and mm-hmm. I had fun watching it uh, yeah. because Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson and Kay Huyikon. Juan, who apologies I'm, i imagine i'm saying your name wrong um all of them are excellent and so so fun to watch everyone's clearly having a good time 
man, I haven't really thought about Loki since I've watched the premiere. So I don't know how much of this is my own, just like very clear Marvel burnout because they've just gone so hard. The opposite kind of of all these other things where we're saying it'd be great if we got more than, you know, a show every two years. Marvel has just shoved so much down our throat and so much of it has been kind of meh recently that even though the premiere of Loki, I enjoyed a lot, I'm just not that excited about it. How are you feeling, Dan? I'm pretty much right there with you, although I'm glad that Fantasy Fan, um, oh wait, someone said that was awesome. Andrew Haley loved episode one of Loki, it's good. Fantasy Fan thought it was a bit confusing. I had a hard time following what was happening. It was very plot heavy. Like, I agree with you completely that I enjoyed Tom Hiddleston and whichever Wilson brother um, plays Mobius, luke or owen owen which one is it owen okay they it's had great owen. chemistry um kehui kwan what i mean it's it's kind of odd that they brought in this oscar winner and then just have him give like 15 solid minutes of exposition about how the <laughs> arcane machinations of the tva work and how you have to be in this place at this time and do this thing to avoid getting sucked into this wormhole um yeah it was re- real plot heavy i think it was kind of contributing to maybe fantasy fans confusion um because they sort of tr- seem to go out of their way to make it confusing um it is like i mean it's it's just a marvel problem like you can tell they're on loki and, is- the, and the and the directors and producers are trying to like shoot things a different way and they're giving the actors a little time to play uh in between moments and do little what feel like, I don't know if they actually are, feel like little ad libs or kind of give their own personality. And those moments work while you're watching it. Totally. But I I felt like the episode sort of didn't take us anywhere by the end. Um, and I liked it though. It was nice. But um, I'm I'm pretty tired of watching Marvel shows and saying it was nice. It's it's gotta be better than nice. <laughs> it's gotta be better than fine. Yeah. It's, it's I can't keep saying they're fine. Um, there's this big article that came out today in the Hollywood Reporter that kind of went over yeah uh the way Marvel makes TV shows, saying that they have these issues where they don't really have showrunners. They um kind of just kick it from the writer to the director to the executive or whoever happens to. I don't know, have the biggest voice in the room at the time. Um, They don't make pilots. So you get these situations where, for example, they're going to retool the entire Daredevil show because they ordered it as a series. And now they saw the episodes that they made and they're like, "Eh, we don't like that. Um, Yeah. They just seem to uh, have like, we're going to do it our way. And they're just now learning that their way. Eh, Maybe there is a reason it used to be done the other way, you know? Uh, they're going to be learning that. Yeah. And uh, now they're saying we're going to have showrunners. We're going to make pilots. We're going to try and have shows stand on their own rather than set up, for instance, um, the next Doctor Strange movie, which basically was what WandaVision was, which was a real disservice to it because WandaVision was like the only Marvel show that really got people talking. And it was basically just a big preview. It was an Emmy winning show. It won an Emmy. WandaVision won an Emmy. I'm pretty sure it did. I'll look look it up i'm sure it did um but yeah like that that show was really popular and then it was just like a preview for doctor strange 2 and it didn't even set it up well because i didn't really understand what wanda was doing in that movie uh that's not working 
So I feel like they're going in the right direction. They're saying these things like we want to make shows that are more self-contained, that have consistent creative visions throughout. But um, I between like Secret Invasion and a few other ones, I'm kind of getting a little tired of it. And Loki was fun. I liked it. But I don't know. I kind of lost faith. I I have this feeling that it's just going to take some turn in the middle of it and become lame. I can't help it. I hope it doesn't, though. And he's, and the episode yeah. one was fun. It was fun. Um, was it yeah. enough to kind of thrill me, chill me, and fulfill me? Um, not quite, but I thought it was nice. This is an interesting issue because it really is the opposite issue that like every other studio has right now where, uh, like Julie has said, stuff stays fresher in your mind if you don't have to wait two years. And Marvel has just crammed so much in uh, that it does. It really does feel like a Marvel problem more than a Loki problem. Like I think I, I Loki's cast, I think is one of its great strengths because like, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson are like seasoned, great actors. Like you can put Owen Wilson, you know, opposite a box and he's going to be entertaining. So wow. like it works. Uh, exactly. Um, but I do think that marvel has kind of poisoned the well a little bit just in terms of oversaturating and having so much of it kind of under deliver a little like i don't remember what their their last real like show that got everyone really talking was like i guess it was probably the last season of loki or wandavision yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah, that's true Loki Um, was pretty popular yeah i think season one of loki was was huge for them too um, WandaVision, by the way, it won three creative Emmys. The The most notable oh. one is it won for the best song for Agatha all along. Oh, of which course fair. it did. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Loki, you know, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, it. It is too bad, though, because here we have an example of a show that should be a banger for them. And is kind of getting a little bit of a muted reception because Marvel has mishandled its television side so, like, egregiously that, you know, the the hype is just not there like it was when this was announced. Because when Loki Season 2 was announced, like, people were excited for this yeah. show to get a follow-up. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not surprised to see that report from The Hollywood Reporter about, you know, how... They're having a bit of a reckoning. They're retooling Daredevil. Basically, they shot half the season. And then because it had to pause for the strikes, they watched like everything they had and were like, oh, this isn't really working. Which like, yeah. And that's really, that shows that that this is a Marvel problem, right? Because Daredevil already had three very successful seasons on Netflix. And it was a a great show. Like Daredevil on Netflix was awesome. And- yeah, it was solid. I don't, I, you, there's no way I've never heard someone be like, well, that show was crap. Like, mm-hmm. even if you didn't love Daredevil, like it was a good show. The, the artistry of making good television was there for that show. Um, so yeah, it, I hope that Marvel comes out of this and it ends up being better for them in the long run. And I hope the rest of Loki is good. I I'm really happy for all the people who are enjoying it. Me too. I hope my excitement goes up. I've just been grateful to have the wheel of time to be excited about in the meantime. I'm sorry, Loki. Someone way back there said they, I well, 
in my mind, someone back there in the comments said that uh, they wish they had released the episodes of The Wheel of Time one at a time rather than just dump the first three at once. I tend to agree. I feel like I just, I'm really over binging. I <laughs> feel like it, it was a thing we tried and maybe it works for some TV shows, but I'm just, I don't, I don't want it anymore. I want one episode a week so we can keep talking about it for longer. We'd still be talking about the width of time now if they had released them one at a time and definitely those three. Um, especially with like a dearth of content because of the strikes, I don't see why they don't do it. Do you agree with that, Daniel? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess if if they had done the Wheel of Time one at a time, I guess this week would be the Egwene episode. So yeah, we'd still be talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think it's interesting because I think part of the reason that some of these networks are doing that aside from just that they're streaming and they can do whatever the hell they want. Like House of the Dragon couldn't, like literally could not do that because they air it linearly. Um, But I think, so like Wheel of Time season two, my theory since the beginning, since I first saw these episodes way back in June when I interviewed some of the cast was Mm -hmm. the first two are a little slow. So they wanted to get us through the first three so they could get us to the back half of the season when it really picks up. And after seeing the whole season, I still stand by that. And I think it's interesting, like with Loki. Yeah, Loki's doing one at a time. And part of me does wonder if they would have had a bigger reception to their first premiere if they had dropped more than one. Because the first one, like, I don't really remember much of what happened because not a lot happened. Like, it was a lot of catching up and resetting the stage for this season. Um, So I almost feel like the whole like drop a bunch at first and then carry on. Part of the problem is that these episodes aren't standing very well on their own. And I think that's a thing that streamers yeah. need to reckon with personally. I'd want to give that up for the fun water cooler experiences. Christian says, but yeah, um, it, it's hard to balance. Yeah, agree. It, it's just, it's just fun how everything is slowly creeping back to Let's do it how TV used to do it with <laughs> one a week. Yeah, totally. I, I, I feel like we're going to start seeing maybe even commercials again as they realize they can't sustain themselves oh, on yeah. just tr- tr- on alone streaming revenue. Like they're going to start writing episodes with like act breaks again before too long. Yeah, it's it's just interesting how it's happening. And I, and, and I don't really oppose it. It's just um, it's fun how it's going to come full circle. Yes. Yes, Daniel. You had a question, Mr. Roman, in the back? Yeah, I did. I did. It's interesting that you say the thing about commercials, because like that is happening Uh, during one of the recent Disney earnings calls. I don't remember who said this. It was some Disney exec was blatant about the fact that they are raising their prices (laughs) to get people to switch to their ad supported tier, Ah. because that, that is the future of them having revenue from streaming, because you can only just... At a certain point, everyone who's subscribing has subscribed. How do you still keep making money? You get yeah. them to watch watch it with ads. So that's why they're jacking up the prices is to get people onto those, <laughs> the ad tiers. So yes, you, it is kind of funny. It's a little bit like a lot of these Hollywood studios went down the tech bro disruptor path because they saw it was working <laughs> for Netflix. And now yeah. they're like, shit just tanked our business model and now we need to find a way to make it sustainable again wild crazy stuff um it is about that 
watching anything else, Daniel, or reading or looking at or thinking about? And what are you else watching out there? I know that Julia's watching Daryl Dixon, which I hear is a fun time. Viva la France. Yeah. Yeah. I So I've seen the first two or three. I haven't seen the most recent Daryl Dixon, but I am enjoying that a lot more than I expected to, honestly. I think The Walking Dead is, you know, they're actually doing their spinoffs pretty well, The this round mm-hmm. of spinoffs, compared to, to some of the other networks trying to do lots of spinoffs and whatever. Um, so yeah, I've been watching a little bit of Daryl Dixon. I've been reading a book called generation ship by Michael Mame, which is like a deep space mystery type story where this generation ship is on the way to a new planet to colonize. And it's been going for 200 years and now it's approaching and things are going awry. So that has been a lot of fun. Uh, that comes out, not, it comes out next Tuesday, the 17th, I think. Um, but yeah, the, those are the, I've mainly been rewatching the wheel of time, like over and over and over again, because I just loved it so much. Uh, how about, how about you, Dan? What have you been watching? Yeah, the same thing. The other big thing I'm watching is our flag means death on max. The, um, the queer pirate show. And I say that, uh, in the proper use of the term, it says it's just a very, very gay show. Everyone's gay in that show, which I'm all for. Yeah. Um, it's a very nice show. It's kind of, it's, I, I've said this a few times now. It's a sitcom. It's it's a half hour sitcom about pirates starring Hodor and uh, Taika Waititi. Um, <laughs> that is pleasant to, it's pleasant to watch. It's mellow. It's nice. It goes down very easy. I don't find myself laughing uproariously, but I do find myself smiling. I don't yeah. find myself crying my eyes out, but I do find myself going, oh, it's a nice show. I wish it was on HBO. Yeah. HBO is in this weird place where they could just yeah. air everything. Why don't they just air everything they have over HBO on linear and then also put it on max? Like, I don't get what the disadvantage of any is. reason. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> it's very nice. Oh, Christian Hanna says that his second favorite podcast, New Heights, worst number one, obviously. How to get up on Taylor and Travis. Why would you? Why would you mention New Heights just out of nowhere like that? Now we're hurt. I can't. Oh, I hate tra- Taylor and Travis. Okay, I'll um, <laughs> I'll ha- uh, I'll come down. I'll be fine. Um, they're great. New Heights. Okay. Uh, but thank you yeah. for your confidence. Uh, but yeah, Flavian Seth is great. It is is neat and nice and cool. It's just I, I, I'm not sure it's gonna. I don't know, thrill anybody outside of the audience that it's found, but it's found a really devoted audience and I'm glad they're loving it. And I'm one of them. So keep on doing what you're doing. Keep flying that pirate flag. Hi, boogie mama. Yeah. I'm glad that our flag means death got a second season. And I think that, you know, it kind of shows not every show needs to explode and capture all the audience. Like sometimes shows just need to really serve their their fan base. Well, and -hmm. I think that's kind of what our flag means death has done. Um, I am with you. I don't know why HBO doesn't put things like like that or like Raised by Wolves was another one that Warrior. was a Max original. Like, wait, Warrior doesn't even air. I didn't realize Max. that it wasn't on. Oh, while Warrior this, was airing, yeah. get into this. While Warrior was dropping on Max, <laughs> what, what, what was airing in the Sunday night special slot was the Idol. Like that was the one they went with over Warrior. It was rough, but yeah, H twins get the stuff together. 
come on HBO. Yeah, it does feel like a lot of these streamers they're they're kind of like stepping in their own folly right now trying to figure this stuff out and yeah, I hope they do. I hope that uh you know the It's the been a while. labor movement. It has been a while, but but the, it's all clearly coming to a head this year, right? Yeah, like it's obvious the shift is happening right now. There's a lot of uncertainty in this industry. Uh, you know, even like the Wheel of Time, like Rafe Judkins said in a Q&A recently, like it's kind of a scary time in television. Yeah. Like, you know, they're hopeful. Their show's doing really well. But, you know, everyone's just uncertain about how it's, things are going to shake out. So it's not like yeah. streaming's brand new or anything, but you, you but, but you're absolutely no. right. It, it is coming to a head. Most definitely next year, I guess will be the proving the real proving ground. See if anything gets cold. I'm all for a bit of cooling sure. as long as the right things get cold. Yeah. All right. Uh, Daniel, should we move on to a uh, fancy fan ass? Anybody looking forward to this season upload? And I forget what upload is. I know I've heard of it. Me too. I'm good enough though. So I I'm guess sorry. no. <laughs> I guess the I answer mean, to that is no. <laughs> people are. We are ignorant. We are ignoramuses. We yes. can Google, but we wouldn't expect that. That is like that. true. Should we move on to the Wick News lightning round where we take 20 seconds apiece to go over stories we didn't have time to get to in the main body of the show? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so uh, I guess, who do we start with? I'm going to start with you, Dan, because I put these in. Somewhat of an order. He's very excited. All right, fun. Uh, so Roku has picked up the Spiderwick Chronicles series after Disney decided not to air it after filming the whole thing. Yeah, speaking of um, kind of streamers uh, figuring things out. Uh, yeah, Disney filmed this whole TV show based on these YA fantasy novels, the Spiderwick Chronicles, and just said, "Now nah, we're not going to do it." And then Roku picked them up. So at least the show is going to get seen by somebody, which is nice. Again, that thing's got to, yeah. they, they can't keep doing that. Like you've got to decide you want to show, then make it and then show it and plan better. Okay. Um, and I think it's yeah. going to happen as we figure things out. All right. Um, Daniel. Oh, kind of the same thing. Um, Netflix yeah. will be showing uh, the TV show Star Trek Prodigy after Paramount Plus dumped it. They're moving ahead with season two. Oh, they're making more. Uh, yeah, for, for for next year. Oh, damn. Yeah. So this is another thing where they were already, I believe, into production on season two. Paramount Plus scrapped it, and now it's going to Netflix. This one is kind of a coup because Paramount Plus is like the home of Star Trek. Yeah, and Prodigy is the one show they gave the boot, which is like that's why why are you booting this one Star Trek. Uh, but yeah, it's getting a new life on Netflix and a season two in 2024. Good for it. Um, ooh, okay, so here is some red hot goss that was making the oh rounds today. Uh, so the Amber Heard, there were some court documents released from the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, which detailed Heard's account mm. of how the Aquaman 2 set got very toxic because of all their court drama. Oh, there were so many reports. According to these documents, like Jason Momoa would dress like Johnny Depp. That's the one that confused me the most. How do you even do that? Yeah. Um, wanted to get Amber Heard fired. Elon Musk apparently bailed, like wrote to the studio. It was like, if you fire Amber Heard, I will serve you fire and fairly could ever known. It got weird over there. Um, and the movie's yeah. coming out <laughs> in December. Can you imagine Elon Musk weird? writes you? 
Bye, Julie. Great seeing you. I'll see you next week. Um, the least, the least believable part about that is that Elon Musk wrote a letter. Well, he had his lawyer do it. Is is what the story oh, okay. said. <laughs> I see. I well, there you go. You don't I think Elon Musk is literate? That's that's quite a that's quite a take. Okay. Um, I wonder every time he makes another change to Twitter. Uh, sorry, okay. let's. <laughs> Anywho, oh, I'm sorry. We already said this a little bit, but we're gonna say it again. Uh, Marvel is rebooting Daredevil, mm-hmm. basically hiring new showrunners. Oh, we did. We said all of this. Um, yeah, Disney Plus will now have showrunners for its shows, which it didn't have before. Yeah, so the big thing with Daredevil was basically it was like a legal procedural. Uh, so like apparently he wasn't even in the costume <laughs> like until order. episode four. It was a lot, a lot of court cases, and they watched it and they were like, "This is just not working." And of course, it's not. We've already seen this literal actor in the Daredevil costume in like four other series. You can't hold off on him being a crime fighter for a third of your season. That's ridiculous. Um, I'm kind of curious, honestly, yeah. but okay. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. I'm just saying it seems like folly was being committed. Um, so here's an interesting one. Uh, the fan who made the AI written Winds of Winter that was mm-hmm. making the rounds a while back, they pulled it down off the internet after they were named in the lawsuit against ChatGPT by George R. R. Martin as an example of how ChatGPT was infringing on his rights. Yeah, uh, George R. R. Martin, George Grisham, a bunch of others got together, sued OpenAI, with Big ChatGPT, saying that they're taking all their work, and and the lawsuit. It's like, and as an example, this guy made an AI wins of winner. That's obviously you're stealing me. And the guy's like, yeah. ooh, ooh, backing off, hands in the air, slowly where you can see him, and took it down. I guess we just gotta wait to see what becomes of this uh, lawsuit and whether it changes how people can use yeah. AI. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Yep. Uh, speaking of nothing we've been talking about for the past couple of minutes, uh, Dan, <laughs> One Piece writers are back up and running on season two, which will include Logetown. What's Logetown? Yeah, so Logetown is... Uh, oh, sorry. It's the last real stop that Luffy and his crew go to before they go to the Grand Line, basically. Uh, it's where the last King of the Pirates was killed. People thought it was Ooh. cut from season one, and it just wasn't. I don't know why anyone thought that, but the showrunner confirmed, like, of course we're doing Logtown. It'll be next season. Um, cool. That's what that end credit stinger with the guy smoking the cigars was for, is Logtown. Fun. Or well, Logtown. I don't, like this. I don't know how to say it. Surprise! Okay. Um, Dan. Uh-huh. Here's an interesting one. Neil Gaiman, uh, author of such works as Coraline and Good Omens, which he wrote with Terry Pratchett. He so wants much. fans to stop asking what happens in Good Omens season three, because we will find out when we get to watch it one day. The Good Omens fandom is very, very passionate. I have my theories as to why, but apparently they needle Neil Gaiman about like every detail, every minute of the day, every hour. I don't know how that man is online, but as he is. Um, and like able to just keep doing it. But he's like, stop. You'll see it when you see it, people. Um, which I think is a good boundary to set. I'm impressed by yeah. that person. Uh, and finally, Daniel, um, The Witcher season five will probably be its last, according to reliable reporting from Redonian Intelligence. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Uh, just like thinking of the book series, like I've been expecting season five to be the end. Basically, since it started, 
Um, so I don't think that's bad news. I think that's just what makes sense for the story. I believe they're trying to write season four and five back to back and film them back to back. So yeah, that, that checks out. I, no surprise there. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. That's all they need, says Fantasy Fan. I agree. Before we sign off, I do want to create yeah. really quickly. Um, I'll bring up a point from our uh, Wheel of Time video. So I thought the member of the Forsaken, who was at the very oh, end yeah. of the series, was named Mogadine, as I'd heard it in the audiobooks. You inform me that it was actually Mogadian. I saw an... Mogadian. M- whatever. Mogadian. I saw a <laughs> third pronunciation suggested between then and now where it was Mogadian, which I'm wondering if you're willing to compromise on. Well, what I will say is I watched the season two finale yesterday yeah. and what Lanfear says is Mogadian. Mogadian. So she says it kind of Mogadian. Yeah. Kind of like that. So it it is kind of in the I middle of like all these more. pronunciations. Yeah. So kind of like, uh, like Mo gay, like G A G E G H E H is the way I've seen it. Like broken down Mogadian. So we'll hear a lot more next season. Yeah. I hope they get it consistent. Ooh, I don't envy the person who's going to have to be yelling like, Mogadian. Wait, is that it? Mogadian. Yeah, it's like everyone says it wrong. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, and that's our show. Thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, great comments today, guys. Thanks for bringing the heat yeah, and also the funk. Um, we are here every week on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time um, on the Winners Coming YouTube page, 3 Eastern and noon Pacific and one mountain. No one talks about mountain time, but they really should. Um, we're also available in podcast form. Who's something that's going to care about Colorado? Uh, we're also available in podcast form wherever podcasts are available. You can download us at iTunes, Google Play, wherever. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a comment. I know you guys are good at that. Um, because it really helps us spread the good word of how great we are and how great you are. So, just thanks so much for watching and thanks so much for interacting with us. And before I go, I just have four words for you. Mogadine, Mogedian, Mogadian, Mogedian. Goodbye. Take care, y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Fansider. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.